And welcome, everybody, to episode 36 of the Regression to the Mean podcast. I am your host, Sean Moran. It is week 17. It is our last Friday podcast of the fantasy season. And did you know, Keegan, that at Burger King or BK, that you can have it your way? BK, have it your way. You rule. Chicken, 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 chicken. Chicken. (laughs) Song of the year. A season that I will never forget because of one song that played every single game. Whopper, 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 whopper. I mean, just what a banger. I mean, I know a lot of love got to Taylor Swift this year. She had a great album. Bad Bunny kind of stole the year too, but whoever wrote the Whopper 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 song, give them a blank Grammy check. on the way. Give yeah. them a blank check. I need them to do the new Weekend album. Like, I need that. I need that mashup. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> but that oh, a song probably the highlight of the fantasy season. Show. Yeah, it, it really did, and that was probably the highlight of last night. Was just getting served fifty to sixty Burger King ads. I, I guess I'm curious. When was the last time you've eaten at Burger King? Oh, like I was probably nine, okay, or eight. Like, so we're pushing, it, we're pushing a decade since your last visit. It's been to the BK years Lounge since I probably had a uh, yeah trip to the BK Lounge. Have you ever had a Whopper? No, never. I've never in my had life. one. I've had chicken fries. Okay, I used to love their chicken nuggets as a kid. I thought they were pretty slept on. I liked Burger King chicken nuggets. I'm going to out myself there. It's not as bad as going to Arby's, but I enjoyed Burger King as a 10-year-old. I've never had a Whopper in my life. Never. Never. Are they good? Fun fact, I've never even had a Big Mac in my life. Oh, I've had a Big Mac. Big Macs are fine. You live in California. You just go to In-N-Out Burger. Well, why do I need to eat McDonald's or, or Burger King? Overrated. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mr. Whataburger over here. What's the best thing from Whataburger? Nice. What's the what's the best thing from Whataburger? Oh, it's the honey chicken biscuit. That's not a burger. That's a that's a chicken biscuit sandwich. That's we're not you comparing apples to apples. It's been 24 hours. Okay. Look. And I can get a honey butter chicken biscuit at 2 a.m. You call me then. That is a different thing. That's like it's like call, comparing call me when In and Out puts bacon on the burger. I have this theory, Sean, if you don't mind me saying this before we start the pod, I have a theory that I, I did the math once. I'm forgetting the number, but if you added bacon to the in and out menu, you could generate it's upwards of like a thousand jobs just by adding bacon to the in and out menu because everybody has their own station in in and out. So you create a job in every in and out location and then you have somebody strictly running bacon. You add bacon to the menu and in and out immediately jumps a tear for me and it would create thousands of jobs. Just a just a little theory I have. Bring bring bacon to In and Out. Wow, where are you where are you drafting In and Out in the fantasy draft? Uh, fantasy uh, fast draft. Uh, um, uh, it probably goes in the first round for sure. How dare just you? price value consistency? How dare you? How dare you? In, <laughs> in and Out's a top three pick. I mean, come on now. What do, what do you we'll get? In, what do, do you get it In and Out? What, what do you get it In and Out? Double double. Okay. Fries, begrudgingly. Okay, what do you Those get on the fries are always double. like, if you don't eat them in 30 seconds. The standard, I think their spread is gross. People are always like, you need to eat it with the spread. Like, I just don't think their spread's that good. How do you get your onions prepared? Grilled. Chopped? Whole. 
No, 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 no. Chopped grilled onions is is it's the standard. In and out's whatever. In and out chopped grilled onions is ten out of ten. If you are not getting chopped grilled onions, you are not ordering in and out. So no wonder you have uh, an opinion on it. And if anyone orders in and out and doesn't get the spread, you're not ordering in and out. Do I love pickles? No. Do I like ketchup? Not really. But you got to get the spread. Don't be a child. Eat the spread. Come it's on. mediocre. Do it right. But speaking yeah. of mediocre, Sean, let's talk about Thursday night football. What a mediocre, generous game. Mediocre, generous. <laughs> yeah. That's as generous. I mean, Tennessee, for all all their credit, like all they do is just drag people to the mud with them. I mean, this is a game where Derrick Henry sits. They don't even play Malik Willis. They don't have Derrick Henry. They have four defensive starters out on the game, and they roll out Josh Jobs, who's been on the roster for nine days, to see what they have in him because they feel like he gives them maybe a better chance to win in a Week 18 game that matters. So this game doesn't really matter for them. It's like a dress rehearsal for Josh Jobs. That's the whole game. And you kind of would hope that Dak and company would come out there, make the most of a team that's like actively not trying to play their best ball and just doing a dress rehearsal for a trial quarterback. And they drag Dallas down to the mud with them. I mean, that was not a great showing from the Cowboys offense. Zeke, 19 touches, 37 yards. Thank God he fell into the end zone. I had to start him because I don't have Derek Henry on my roster. Tony Pollard's out, so you're like, okay, Zeke gets a bump, and it was just a gross affair from all teams involved. They scored like 27 points, though. I I, I didn't really I watch know, but the they game, so I know it was gross. I know it was gross. I, I didn't watch the game because I value my relationship, but I I don't know. Like I it just I looked up. I mean, they put up 27 points, but I mean. CD had like 19 fantasy points. Zeke scores a touchdown. Dalton Schultz scores 24 points. Where was that last week, Dalton, when I was playing Keegan? Come on, man. Come on. Brett Maher scores 10 points, our king. I mean, Chico Conquo does okay. You know, if they were serious about winning games, they would get him more involved, I think. You know, like he is a really good talent, and he looks good with the ball in his hands. Like every time he gets a ball, he makes a play. They're running like some nifty little screens and quick run or quick throws to him. That I thought he did really well with yards after the catch stuff, but he just doesn't block the same that like maybe Hooper and I'm forgetting the other Titans' name is and like they're run the ball Swain, first. Team, I think you know? Don't they have like a Joff Swain or yeah. they have some random dude playing Something tight end. Like that. I was looking at the snap percentages but, and it was like Chig had like 26 percent of snaps. I'm like, you're literally doing anything to generate offense and you're not going to play Chig Conquo. I don't, I don't really get it. I, I, you know, Vrabel's been a hell of a coach in the NFL. He looks miserable out there. Playing Josh Dobbs, I get it. He might give you a better chance to win right now. But you drafted Malik Willis in the third round. It's probably in your best interest to try and get him some reps, understand what you're working with here. But, you know, Vrabel's not really like that, and they just fired their GM. So from my understanding, Vrabel and John Robinson, the former GM, had a little bit of a power struggle. Vrabel won. You don't have a GM now. So... Coaches are very short-sighted. They're going to try and win week to week. That's what they're paid to do. They're not paid to look at the team in two years out. And they're still in a playoff spot, too. So it's like, I get what Vrabel's trying to do. Like, you want to put yourself in a position to win. You don't believe Malik Willis can do that this season. You got to keep going for playoffs. I get that. And all things considered, Josh Jobs didn't even play that bad last he night. Played like, he, had he, he played better than Malik Willis. He played a couple turnovers. He did. He yeah. he made more plays than Malik Willis could with his arms, dude. Standing in the pocket, like delivering some balls, knowing he's going to get hit, like 
had a good connection with uh, Robert Woods. Um, he just like kind of came in there and looked like a veteran, you know, that's been around the league. And I know he has no career like regular season starts, but you know, throws his first touchdown pass and Robert Woods immediately kind comes and gives him the ball. You know, that was kind of a cool moment, like first TD pass in a regular season game. But at the end of the day, it's Josh Dobbs against the Dallas defense. <laughs> Michael Parsons had this play. I don't know if you said you I didn't watch it. it. I saw he it. Runs He's running on the, the field. Yeah. And just gets on the line, barely sets himself, immediately makes a tackle. I mean, that was great. Great Michael play Parsons from Ru- is so cool, but great play from Rush Limbaugh. Pass Rush Limbaugh, <laughs> Michael Parsons. I look, I get it. Michael Parsons is a freak, but I'm Team Nick Bosa. So any credit you give, uh, I'm Team Quinn Williams. So cool. I think Quinn yeah. should be in the conversation. Yeah, he's an all pro. But he's an all pro. We're, we're it's a different league. definitely all pro, but I mean it's a different league. Twelve and a half, league. dude. He has the same and better stats as um, uh, what's his name from the Chiefs, Chris Jones, right? Oh, Chris Jones is so good. The defensive Chris, tackle. No one's talking about Chris Jones yeah. for defensive player of the year. I mean, come on. Yes, man. they are. Dude. No, People are talking not. about it. Come on. It's Bosa and Parsons, and Bosa separated himself. He has 17 and a half sacks on the best defense in football. He makes the whole thing go. Engine aside, Quentin Williams, hell of a player. Hope he gets an all-pro mention. Uh, he, he's not in the DPOI conversation in my in my book, but... Wah, wah, wah. Look at us disagree. <laughs> I think we're going to disagree more on today's podcast. But Thursday night football oh, is yeah. Thursday night football is kind of a shit show because teams are, you know, making business decisions. You know, this week is a little bit different than last week, where some teams are mathematically eliminated. Some teams have quarterbacks that have injury guarantees if they were to get hurt. <laughs> Looking at you, Derek Carr. God. And um yeah. Some teams have already clinched their playoff positioning, and there's just really not much to jockey for. Derrick Henry sits out this week because win or lose, if Tennessee wins next week, they're they're going to the playoffs. So it doesn't make sense to play Henry. Tony Pollard sits out this week because he's you know dealing with something on a short week. Why not sit him? You're going to get the five seed really no matter what, unless Philly chokes down the stretch and you, you win the division. But they're not really playing for much. And this is kind of becoming brutal for some of our fantasy superstars. So I mentioned the Derek Carr benching. This obviously has an impact on Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, two players that helped you get oh to God. the fantasy yeah. championship. Like, how are you playing Josh Jacobs confidently this week? Like, obviously, you're going to play him. You're not going to bench him. But this guy's been you the fantasy to, MVP. Yeah, the whole offense takes a hit. Yeah, Derek Henry doesn't play. A lot of people have Derek Henry going in the championship tonight. Like, that's just absolutely brutal. You play Ezekiel Elliott, somebody I know played him, and they were banking on him to, to do well. You know, people thought he'd get a ton of volume. He'd be super efficient. He scored a touchdown. And he did, and he was inefficient. <laughs> <laughs> but he's splitting but carries inefficient. with Malik Davis. So he's calling out Malik Davis to come in and rotate in. It wasn't like Zeke got 80% of snaps. They were giving the ball to Malik Davis, too. They understand they don't want to get Zeke hurt before the playoffs happen. So you've got teams making business decisions. And that's going to play a factor in who you want to play this week and who you want to sit. So last week was the weather week. This week is the veterans playing on bad teams that might not play this week. Looking at you, Alvin Kamara. Looking at you, DeAndre Hopkins. This is also the veterans that may be a little banged up on teams that aren't going to be able to really affect their playoff position. Looking at you, Austin Eckler. And then you also have teams that are trying to clinch a bye Jalen Hurts might play, which is insane. 
Like he might get the pain injection awesome. and play this week. It kind of looks like he's trending towards playing from my understanding. And then you have teams outright that are trying to make the playoffs. It's like obvious teams like the Seahawks, the Jets, the Lions, the Packers. These are teams that are playing for something. So that's really important. Washington's in still mind. in the picture. You've got you've got Miami and New England with playoff implications on the line there. Um, you know, Giants trying to sneak in. So there's a Carolina Tampa Bay is like for the NFC South. I mean, there is still some really important matchups, but you're right. This is the business decision week where some players who have helped you get to the spot you're in in fantasy are are not going to have the same impact this week. It's it's brutal. It's wonky, but it's week 17. The fantasy playoffs are almost a different game than the regular season. And you got to make smart decisions, whether it's streaming a new tight end, streaming a quarterback if you lost Kyler Murray, right? The quarterback situation is insane, the types of streaming that people are doing. Could be the defense that you pick makes or breaks you down the stretch in week 17. For the last time this year, Keenan and I have got you covered. So similar to last week, we're not going to really do a start sit. Keegan's got his guys. He's going to give his take. I'm going to give a thumbs up, thumbs down. I don't know. Share my thoughts on what he's doing. Some and thumbs then, down incoming, just, just to let you guys know. There's going to be some thumbs down incoming. And then I have my streams of the week similar to last episode. So it's going to be fun. You've already heard us talk about Burger King. You've already heard us kind of ramble about Quinn and Williams and the Jets and Niners. So this is very on brand for what our podcast typically are. But Keegan, week 17, let's hear your guys. Let's start by looking at this Arizona Falcons shitty game and find some gold in this matchup. You know, so it, you it's, know not even, it's not even going to be Trace McSorley this week. It's going to be David Blau, which makes this even worse. Right. So I'm not really trusting anybody on the Arizona side of the ball other than James Conner. You know, he's averaging 21.7 touches over his last six games. He's the reason you're in the ship and he's the reason you're going to win the ship this weekend. Thank you, James Conner. I cannot wait. Falcons defense has been, you know, pretty exposable on the ground. So I like that. But my guy from this matchup is Tyler Algier at the running back position this week. So Cardinals defense has nothing to play for. You know, the Cardinals team has nothing to play for. Like this is an exposable defense. And Algier is emerging as the primary back and the primary ball carrier for the Falcons over the last couple of weeks. You know, last week he outsnapped Patterson 42 to 26. Um, he is the starter. Him twenty-two. He's twenty-two the to nine. Yes, he is. The, he's the he's starter. starter. I mean, he's coming off back-to-back hundred-yard games, and since week ten, he's averaging like six yards a carry. So Tyler so Algier good. has actually a great matchup. And this is what we thought that Tyler Algier would be like coming out of BYU, like this every down back that can handle a good workload is impactful on the run and an efficient runner in yards per carry. Like he was really, really good in college. And I think Atlanta is like starting to like realize like, okay, this guy can carry the workload. Uh, and I like him to continue that against and look, neither of these teams really have anything to play for, but this is a great opportunity to give some work to Algier, your rookie exactly. um, in a spot exactly. that's very exposable. Exactly. Like, you don't really need to play CPAT in this game. You're not no. winning anything. Like you don't gain anything. Like this is a good game for Desmond Ritter. This is a good game for Drake London and a great game for Algier because they want to see what they have in their young core. And Atlanta does have some pieces that they can build around. So it's time for you know them to continue getting some looks. So I really like Tyler Algier in this matchup. He is in the top 15 discussion for me this week. I've been high on Algier all season long, but he's been in a three-way committee with Caleb Huntley and Cordell Patterson. 
Patterson's banged up. Huntley's done for the season. This is the perfect time to get an idea of what you have in Algier for next season. And he's a bowling ball out there. He is such a good running back. I love the way he plays. He catches the ball out of the backfield. This is a plus matchup against a pretty weak front seven for the for the Cardinals. I mean, J.J. Watt looked awesome last week, but Leonard Fournette scored 25 fantasy points and Rashad White scored 15. So they, they gave up 40 yep. points to running backs last week. A lot of that's in the receiving game. But like I said, Algier, four catches last week. This team's going to run the ball. I love Algier this week. This is a great one. Not disagreeing here. Okay, I like that. So starting off hot here, starting off hot here, I've got one thumbs up from Sean. So moving to the next matchup, and I'm going with Brian Robinson. So I saw news today that Antonio Gibson is going to be out of this matchup. Um, And Brian Robinson has been kind of the early down guy for Washington. And with no Antonio Gibson, he should get a ton of work with this. Um, And this is a Washington team that's still playing for a playoff spot. You know, they have something to play for here against Cleveland. Um, it'll be Carson Wentz back at quarterback, but I really like Brian Robinson's chances to get, you know, 20 plus touches this game against a Browns defense. That's allowing 5.2 yards a carry and the third most fantasy points to running backs. If this think this is an awesome spot for the rookie and a great opportunity for Washington to see what they like really have in this guy, he's been splitting a lot of work this year and it's been kind of a committee running back situation for them, but no Antonio Gibson. This is a, awesome opportunity for Ryan Robinson to get, like I said, 20 plus touches, find the end zone against a very exposable Browns rush defense. We started to see Robinson emerge when JD McKissick went on season ending IR with his neck injury. When this three man backfield became a two man backfield and Gibson basically just took over the McKissick role. Scat back, pass catching back. Something we've just been begging for. Like, please just play the former wide receiver at running back. That would just make more sense for Antonio Gibson. I think it's since week like nine or 10, Robinson's been pretty good. He's averaging like four and a half, five yards per carry. If you've been watching the games, he looks so much more dynamic, faster, stronger. It's almost like coming back from getting shot in the knee took him a couple months. Like who would have guessed that that it might take someone a while to recover and get their burst back. But he didn't look good at the beginning of the year. I thought he ran too upright. I thought he was too slow. Kind of threw me for a loop. He's looked a lot better down the stretch. And against this front seven, the Cleveland Browns, putrid front seven. Alvin Kamara scored 19 fantasy points. And this man can't even rip off a 15-yard run if his life depended on it. I think Brian Robinson has the biggest game of his career on Sunday in a must-win game for the Commanders. So I am with you. I like Brian Robinson this week. I like that. Okay, so we're going to take a break from realistic starts, and I'm going to give you my Hail Mary start of the week, Sean. <laughs> I see you shaking your head already. Hail Mary start of the week is Jamison, J-Mo Williams of the Detroit Lions. Dude, you got to quit. And I know what you're Jameson thinking. Williams, man. You're, you're addicted. You're you're addicted. I'm to a Jameson. dynasty owner. I'm like I'm a real life invested in Jamison. You Williams. you stashed him um, all year, expecting him to have this role, only for him to like get out snapped by Josh Reynolds, DJ Chark, and uh, who's the other guy? Khalif Raymond. Okay, tell me more about here's this. Williams. Here's this Ford Field indoors, awful shitty Bears defense. Jared Goff at home. Jared Goff has a twenty to three touchdown to. Um, interception ratio and a QB rating of 106.9 at home. They play incredible 
when they're at Ford Field. Everybody is going to talk about DJ Shark, you know, Cleve Raymond for like deep sleepers. And I understand that Jameson Williams has not even caught a ball since that 41-yard breakdown touchdown that he scored. But I'm telling you, Sean, this is the game where we see the Jamison Williams field stretching ability for the Detroit Lions. And I think he gets involved and busy in this game. Obviously, you boot up ARSB, Amon Ross St. Brown, for those who don't know, as your wide receiver one. Of course, it's a great matchup against the secondary. And last time I played him, he had 10 receptions for 119 yards. But this is a game where... Detroit has a 29 and a half point total implied by Vegas. And there's going to be plenty of love to go around in the air for Detroit. And I think Jamison Williams is going to show you why he was so highly touted in college pre-injury. Just throwing a dart out there this week, Sean. Listeners do not start Jamison Williams in any format unless you're maybe <laughs> playing uh dfs maybe he's like a dart throw for dfs that's interesting he gets 19 percent of the snaps he doesn't really play if you're gonna play anyone in this receiving core that isn't amon ross st brown i like dj chark this week and i really like jamal williams well yeah i like him for all for the same reasons i just said i mean i'm just trying to hey last friday episode of the season have a little fun baby no, Let Keegan, one loose, what Keegan's you? trying to do is he's trying to wait for Jamison Williams to catch a 60-yard touchdown on Sunday, and then he's going to cut this part of the podcast, and he's going to put it on all his socials, <laughs> and he's going to call himself Keegstradamus because he was Keegstradamus with the Jets prediction. And then if nothing happens and he's on Milk was a bad choice, no, there's no more Milk was a bad choice. We're, we're like done. So, of course, you get to throw out a Jamison Williams dart throw. But, I mean, it's a dart throw. I would not start him in, in any format. I would start DJ Chark as a potential sneaky flex play. But if Jamison Williams catches a touchdown on Sunday, what, 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 should, what should we bet? What, what, what would you like uh, you to bet? bet? Let's bet something. What, what do you want to bet? bet? I'll bet you $25 that Jamison Williams scores a touchdown this weekend. Shake. We're shaking on a $25 Shake. bet. Jamison Williams. Shake. Amazing. That is amazing. I, you can just Venmo me now. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> I'm trying to get some lunch later. Okay. Let's get back to the normal stuff. So QB start of the week, I have Trevor Lawrence this week. T-Law. Um, 23 and a half points implied total for the Jaguars. And honestly, the Texans are like one of the worst matchups for fantasy QBs this year. So on paper, this looks like a pretty bad matchup for Trevor as a fantasy start, but you know, he's been among the league's best QBs in the past seven weeks. Like, not just fantasy-wise, just like league best QBs. 14 to 1 touchdown interception ratio in that time span and has two rushing scores over that span as well. Houston is not a good football team. I know they've had some competitive games the past couple of weeks, but Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence are kind of like humming right now. And after watching what Trevor did to a really good Jets defense and like still got active and busy in a the rush game finding evan ingram poor weather conditions i'm not like looking at this game and trying to overthink it like all oh, houston's holding fantasy qbs to like less than 17 points a game like i'm not trying to overthink that like i know stats are stats and that's kind of the trend this year but trevor lawrence looking for him to take that next step and like really beat up a bad team this week they're not sitting anybody they're going out there they're playing all their starters they should have everybody available I, I really like Trevor against a poor Houston team. 
don't care what they've They're done frisky. in fancy quarterbacks up to this They're frisky. point. They've been a frisky defense, but you're right. Like, Trevor's been awesome. This is a great spot for him to continue on his hot streak. I'm with you. I agree. Um, moving on to a game between two different tails of the tape. There is the 49ers, who are a Super Bowl candidate, and then there are a Raiders team who are just looking at the offseason, waiting for this season to end. Um, I really like Brandon Ayuk in this matchup. Um, it's kind of been the Kittle Brock Purdy show, and I really like Kittle this week too as a start. But don't think Debo with his knee is back this week. I know he's been practicing, and if he is back, I'm kind of like betting against him not being heavily involved. And Ayuk is the de facto number one, you know. Here, I think Ayuk is just such a good receiver. Um, but he had a five reception, 81 yard stat line last week with Purdy. Um, He's tied with CMC for 22 targets from Brock, like in this stretch. Um, and the Raiders' defense has been decent against fancy wide receivers, but they have nothing to play for. There's no soul left in this Raiders team. Um, and I no. really like Ayuk this week. Do you see that video I reposted on on the RTM account of Ayuk just snatching souls? Dude, I'll say this. You could go to 85% of the league and be a wide receiver number one. I truly believe that. Like, Ayuk is a very special talent. I don't think he gets a lot of love because of how crowded this offense is with weapons. And people always talk about Debo and how good he is. But Brandon Ayuk is a better receiver than Debo. Like, is Debo a more talented player because of his versatility? Yes. But Ayuk is a better receiver than Debo. He's yeah, Ayuk, damn good. Ayuk is more of like your standard route running receiver where Debo is like just a football player, you know? It, it's hard to yeah. describe and quantify what Debo does. Debo's a better player just because the impact he can have on a game. But Ayuk is a very special talent. I think something, too, to keep in mind, Ayuk is 145 yards away from a 1,000-yard receiving season. I think he's highly motivated to get that that elusive 1K receiving season. So look look out Has for he that. never had one before? No. You know, last year was pretty disappointing season for him. And his rookie year, he got pretty close. He got pretty close to hitting 1,000 yards as a rookie. So I think they're going to feed him feed him often in this one and get him to 1,000 yards. That's my prediction. I love that. I love the uh, play, uh, like the record and like incentives to reach it's certain important. yardages. These um, guys care. These, these guys care. I mean, obviously, like, Ayuk cares about winning. He's a fantastic run blocker. He's going to do whatever it takes to win the game. But I think Kyle Shanahan is aware of the, the work that Ayuk put in this offseason, what he's meant to this team, and I think he'll reward him. And get him to a thousand yards. That's my prediction. I love that. So right now I've got what four thumbs up and one thumbs down for me so far. Yeah, all these picks too bad. Are, all these picks are pretty solid. Of course, I don't know if I agree with this one. With your next one, I don't. You know. don't like this one? I think. Uh, oh my god! I think Tariq Woolen is going to be one of the most motivated players in football this week, considering that. Yeah, but Sauce Corey Davis. Okay, so considering that Sauce Gardner is getting all the love and attention for Defensive Rookie of the Year, which I think is justified. Gardner has been fantastic. But Tariq Woolen with the Seattle Seahawks has been almost as good, maybe just as good as Sauce Gardner this season. And he's basically getting no love. No love. So what better way to prove to the world that you should get more love in the Defensive Rookie of the Year race than to shut down Garrett Wilson the offensive rookie of the year favorite. 
That's the thing, though. I was looking at um, some stuff, and he's going to get Corey Davis as an assignment. I don't think it's going to be him on Garrett Wilson. And maybe they move him around, but for, by the way, for everybody, Garrett Wilson is my next star of the week. Um, so before we talk about Tariq Wollin, you know, Mike White's back. And that is dramatically changes everything. So White's target distribution this year is Garrett Wilson has 30 targets from my, and the next closest person is Tyler Conklin with 17. Elijah Moore, 16, Corey Davis, 14. You get what I'm saying. He goes to Garrett Wilson all the time. Of course. And on, he's also on the brink of becoming a 1K receiver as a rookie. And, you know, like we we're talking about with Ayuk and some of those motivations to get to 1K, Garrett Wilson has the opportunity to claim the crown for Offensive Rookie of the Year with some amazing weeks coming up. And like you're saying, Tariq Woolen, highly motivated. I'm damn sure that Garrett Wilson will do everything in his power to show out over the last two weeks in this game against Seattle and the game against Miami in a do-or-die opportunity to get in the playoffs, and he will campaign himself for Offensive Rookie of the Year over the next two weeks. I I don't see how you don't love this matchup against him. And I don't even think he's going to get the Tariq Woolen coverage. I'll have to do some more research on that, but I'm 90% sure that Tariq will be on, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Corey Davis this week. Over the last four weeks, the Seattle Seahawks defense is surrendering surrendering 20 fantasy points per game to wide receivers, making it the second most difficult matchup. Over the 2022 season, the Seattle Seahawks defense is surrendering 27 fantasy points per game to wide receivers, making them the third stingiest defense to wide receivers. It's a tough matchup. Gary Wilson's a freak. He's a freak. It's a tough matchup. It's talent versus talent. We were just talking about Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk didn't really do much against the Seahawks. You know who went off against the Seahawks? George Kittle. You mentioned a tight end, second most targeted person by Mike White, Tyler Conklin. Could be the Conklin game. And Could the be, Seahawks have a, the Seahawks at... have a terrible rush defense. Could be the Zonovan Knight game. Could be the Michael Carter game. I fucking game. hope. We need to get the running game going, honestly. Yeah. So... All of I these like, things can happen when we like route Garrett them like Wilson. 40 to 17. Garrett Wilson's a good talent, but we're looking at a 42 and a half total against the stingy secondary. If he does have a good Jets game, are I think... surpass that total on their own. If he has a good game, I think he all but certifies his offensive rookie of the year candidacy. I don't know if I love the start, but are you really going to bench Garrett Wilson this week? I, Hell maybe, no. but... He's been awesome this season. I don't I don't hate it. I just don't think the matchup's that great. What's your next one? AJ Dillon from the Packers. Quadzilla. Hmm. There we go. Quadzilla. So, you know, good matchup against a Minnesota defense that can't really stop anybody. Uh, he's starting to outsnap and outtouch Aaron Jones. You know, we know Aaron Jones is banged up. He's playing through an injury, but he outtouched and outsnapped him for the second time in three games last week. And they're rotating throughout the game, but A.J. Dillon played 13 of 18 third and fourth down snaps and 9 of 12 snaps inside the tent. So getting a lot of red zone love. One's kind of emerging as the preferred back right now, especially in the red zone. So if Aaron Rodgers can move the ball down the field, I really like A.J. Dillon as a start this week. And he's kind of coming on as of late. You know, it's been a, a rocky road throughout this season trying to ride A.J. Dillon. And you've probably been disappointed, but... I think this is another good matchup. I think it's a good matchup for the Packers overall. I don't think Minnesota has a very good defense. Um, 
he's scored in four consecutive games. I mean, writing's kind of on the wall there for this to be a good, good, good game for AJ Dillon. Note to self, let someone else overpay for AJ Dillon at the beginning of the year and then trade for him at the trade deadline when his value is in the tank, understanding that he'll go off in the winter. That's the note. I like that. That's the note. And if my note bold prediction, if my bold prediction comes true, if AJ Dillon outscores Aaron Jones at the end of the season, which was one of my big bold predictions at the beginning of the year, that would have been a roller coaster. And um he would have really helped you clinch a spot in uh in your consolation bracket, if so. So uh, <laughs> yeah. consolation bracket, all star AJ Dillon. I, I like Dillon. I think this is a good play. Minnesota's defense fucking sucks. First F bomb of the podcast, and I think it's deserved. That defense fucking sucks. Is that your last oh, one? Or you got yes. what do you got here? You got two more? Oh, you got one I've, more. I've one more. How dare you? More. How sorry, dare sorry, you? I know. How dare you bring up somebody that's on my uh team you beat? Hurts. Oh man. Mr. Chris Godwin this I week. I love Godwin. He's so I, good. So last week I had Mike Evans as a start, and you know, obviously that sucked. But Chris Godwin is really the uh, kind of safest floor receiver here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, dude, I didn't even realize this. Double-digit fantasy totals since week four. Since week four. He's, he's had electric. at least eight targets in every game since week six. So safe. Uh, he's got and the he's safest facing the floor. Panthers who the have allowed. Yeah. I don't know how I've not been on this wave, but Chris Godwin is an easy start for me this week against the Panthers, who have allowed 35.8 fantasy points per game to receivers, the seventh most in the NFL. Now, do you want better? Mike Evans, 83 yards away from the 1,000-yard mark to make it his ninth consecutive season with 1,000 receiving yards. I think he absolutely does this in one game against the Panthers this week. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans both go off for 100 yards. That is my bold prediction of the week. I would really love all those yards to go to Godwin, not to uh, Mikey. I'm playing Don't Mike. be selfish. He gets 100 yards. I'm really, calling it. Really would not like that. Uh, well, it's tough. How good is the pass rush for the Panthers? Something I want to know. Because Tom, mean, Brady, um, Tom Brady was getting good. rid of the ball in less than two seconds last week. How are you supposed to get him the rock if you throw the ball in less than two seconds? I've heard smart people, namely Greg Cosell. I don't know if our listeners are familiar with Greg Cosell. He's a great follow on Twitter. But his theory on why Tom Brady has been so bad this season at points and why he can't complete a pass to Mike Evans is the fact that he is shell-shocked. He does not want to get hit. He's 45 years old, and he understands if he gets hit, it might be the last hit he ever takes in the NFL. He does not trust his offensive line and he is getting the ball out as fast as he possibly can. So when he throws these balls to Mike Evans, where it's like hitting him in the back of the helmet, or it's nowhere even close, it's basically Brady just throwing the ball away because he knows he's going to get hit, and he's refusing to get hit. So that's just my only fear, is how does he get the ball to Mike Evans if he's getting the ball out in less than two seconds? It makes sense for Chris Godwin. He throws Chris Godwin a bunch of bubble screens. Like that, that's why Godwin gets so much love is because he gets the ball out quickly in a lot of the routes that Godwin runs. Mike Evans is a lot of the deep, deep downfield stuff. So that, that's my only hesitation with Evans. But Evans has had a good season, and they pass the ball so much. Brady's number three right now in passing yards. We've been talking about Tom Brady sucking, and he's number three in passing yards right now. So 
I think the passing arm prediction is fine, but I'm just nervous of playing somebody like Mike Evans, considering the state of the offensive line and the state of Brady right now. Yeah, I mean, Chris Godwin is the start for me from this team. I'm just saying, like, you don't think like that. It's the same talk, topic of conversation we're having about Ayuk. Like, Mike Evans and Tom Brady are very aware that he needs 83 yards. 83 freaking yards to make sure he has a ninth consecutive 1,000-yard season. I'm, like, more than confident that Tom Brady and him have had conversations about it. There is an issue with a shaky offensive line, and they got to go against Brian Burns, who has 12 and a half sacks this year. Also, great job by Carolina not to trade Brian Burns, even though that would have been the most like obvious trade to trade him and just take up a bunch of picks. But he's been awesome this year with 12 and a half sacks. So, and Frankie Louvu has six and a half sacks. So there is some dogs on this defense, but this is a playoff implication matchup. This is a matchup where, you know, either Carolina or Tampa Bay can kind of move towards a playoff spot with a win. I mean, Carolina already has one game against them, and if they beat them again, they can almost sure up the NFC South. And There's no way the Brady loses, right? There's no way Brady loses in this game. They're, they're at home. kind of where I'm at with this. Like, you know, I, I'm loving the story for Steve Wilkes. I'm loving seeing Sam Darnold play good football. They're running the ball like classic Smash Mouth style, but – I don't know. You gotta kind of think it's Brady, right? I don't want to overthink this, but Chris Tampa's, Godwin is my start for sure from this. Tampa's been a lot better at home. Three and a half point home favorite. I like Panth I like Carolina. They've been a good story all season. But I'm riding with Brady and the Bucks. I'll go down with the ship. The captain goes down with the ship. But those are you guys for this week. You've got Tyler Algier, Brian Robinson, Jameson Williams, Trevor Lawrence. Brandon Ayuk, Garrett Wilson, AJ Dillon, Chris Godwin. I think this is much better than your week last week. You, you compare and a pretty good list. La- last week, you, you had some some interesting characters. You had some goofballs last week. So the process was there. The results were not. <laughs> the, it's all about the process. Like last week, Singletary, Dobbins, <laughs> Goodwin, Watson, Evans, Gerald Everett, and Darius Slayton. I like this week. I do. All right, before Dude, we get out of here. Like every wide right receiver went off except for Slayton. So. Slayton was fine. Slayton hit his projection. You hit your projection, it's not a bad call. Was it as great as he thought it was going to be? No. You always want your guy to go over his projection. But if you make a recommendation and they hit their projection, you're going to have to live with it. You're going to have to live with Fair it. Fair game. Fair you're game. you have to live with it. Talk to me about some streamer, Sean, who can save uh, my championship season. Shawnee Streams here. Coming in live. Oh, that was that was bad. Okay. <laughs> Who are we streaming this week? We mentioned it a little bit earlier. But I like Jared Goff. So this game, Bears at Lions, has the highest total on the slate. We're indoors at Ford Field, and over the past month, the Bears have given up 24 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Jared Goff at home averages 21 fantasy points. The Lions are playing for their playoff lives. The Bears, eh, I don't know. What are they playing for? They're kind of just trying to spoil it? I don't I don't know. They're kind of shutting everyone down on the defensive side of the ball, at least. This is a must-win game. I like Jared Goff. I think he's a must-start. I have him in my top 10. Another NFC North quarterback that has really disappointed this season, but has a Pretty tasty matchup in a must-win game is Aaron Rodgers. You're crazy. You're crazy for this one. Rodgers has one top 10 start this season. One. That's 
insane. He has one QB. That's nuts. He has one top 10 start this season. I cannot underestimate how mid Aaron Rodgers has been this season. At some point, it's been downright pretty bad. But as I mentioned, this is a must-win game. They're playing at home. This game has a 48.5 total. They're playing one of the worst secondaries in football in the Minnesota Vikings. I think he's a top 12 play. Do I love it? No. Much like Aaron Rodgers doesn't love his family. But this is a good play, and I'm even playing him if Watson doesn't go. I'm sure Rodgers loves his family, but that one was for for Aiden Holler. Aiden, if you're listening, (laughs) Rodgers hates his family. Okay, my next quarterback that I'm streaming. How long have we been going on this episode? We've been going for 43 minutes, and we haven't even spoken about the one, the only big cock Brock. Since since legend, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. The future, the franchise, Brock Purdy. Since taking over as starter, Brock Purdy has averaged 17 fantasy points per game, and he's been the QB 10 during the stretch, outscoring the likes of Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Tua, and Justin Fields. Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Tua, and Justin Fields. You heard that right. Brock Purdy has scored more fantasy points over the past month than those four, even though Fields might have missed a game. But, you know, who's counting? He now faces off against a Las Vegas defense that gives up 18 points per game to quarterbacks. The 49ers are playing for the two seed. The Raiders are playing for Cancun. Purdy has one of the safest floors in fantasy this week. Switching over to a position that I know a lot of us are struggling with this week is tight end. I really like Noah Fant. Over the past month... This one's stinky. It's stinky, eh? Over the past month... (laughs) Keegan's New York Jets has surrendered the 29th most fantasy points to tight ends. And over that stretch, Noah Fant has averaged nine points per game. Will Disley, who's been seeing anywhere from like a 40 to 60% snap share, will not be playing in this one, which should put Fant on the field more. This is a must-win game for Seattle, and Fant is maybe their third or fourth best pass catcher in this offense. I think he's a strong stream this week. And... In this same matchup, another guy that I really like, and we've spoken about it a bit earlier, is Tyler Conklin. So in games started by Mike White, I like this one. Tyler Conklin commands a 14% target share. He faces off against a Seattle defense that ranks 29th in DVOA and surrenders 17 fantasy points per game to the position, which ranks them bottom two. With Tariq Woolen on Garrett Wilson, I could see Mikeson looking Conklin's way early and often in a must-win matchup. I don't care that CJ Uzama plays 50% of snaps. They run a lot of two tight end sets. I like Conklin. They should really get CJ Uzama involved more. He has actually some really good yard after the catch ability. I can't believe he's not more involved in this offense, but I digress. Not this week. Let's get him involved in week 18 in the playoffs when the Jets make it, but not this week. We need, we <laughs> yeah, need yeah, the Jets go to the playoffs. Speak it we into need, existence. <laughs> we need Conklin to get peppered early and often. How are the Jets favored in this game? They're one and a half. Dude, point the favorites. line swapped five and a half points as soon as Mike White got announced as a starter. How crazy is that? The Jets are good. The Jets are I good. Don't know, man. Zach Wilson threw away our season, bro. This Seattle is a different beast going into Seattle and winning. This is the Geno. This is the Geno revenge game. This is the Tariq Woolen better than Sauce Gardner game. This is the Pete Carroll was once a Jet revenge game. This is. There's a lot on the table riding here. I mean, this is for playoffs for both teams. I think we're going to dominate them. I'll well, just, I'll go, I'll get crazy. I think we're, I think we're going to kick their teeth in. 
If Tyler Conklin scores a touchdown this week, I will buy a Tyler Conklin jersey, a Jets jersey, a number 83. <laughs> I will buy a Tyler Who Conklin. Who left Tyler in there, Conklin? I will be very happy if Tyler Conklin gets in the end zone this week. And if it's CJ Uzama, um, you will not hear from me for a month. Okay. <laughs> a wide receiver that I'm streaming this week. And this is a little funny because typically streamers or people we're picking up off the waivers or people that we picked up at some point off the waivers this season. This is somebody that a lot of people drafted in like the third, fourth, fifth round. But I think Brandon Cooks is a sneaky play this week against a pretty cupcake Jacksonville Jaguars defense that gives up 34 points per game to the position. Cooks returns to the lineup last week, and he immediately commands like a 29% target share. He finishes the week as wide receiver 29, catches a touchdown, Got nine targets. That's a lot of volume. Nico Collins has been put on season-ending IR. Chris Moore is dealing with a foot injury. And Cooks is practicing and playing. He might have gotten dropped in a lot of leagues you play in. And if you play in a league that has multiple flexes, you got to start like two wide receivers. I like Cooks. He's a top 30 play at wide receiver for me this week. I like it. What do you think about Brandon Cooks? I like Brandon Cooks. I just hope that... I don't know. I feel like this game might get out of hand is, is the only thing that might make it better. Actually, you know, like that, that might make it better, but um, I like it. I, th- I think cooks is definitely a good person to plug into a, like a deep flex play or a wide Brandon cooks, this weekend, So Brandon cooks against the Jacksonville secondary or Marquise Brown with David Blau. No Deandre Hopkins against the Atlanta secondary. Talk about just two. Games that are just fuck. That's a that is a good question. Holy shit! Uh, So is it confirmed Hopkins is not playing? What's what's the status on that? Hopkins' status, from what I've seen, was he'll see how he feels on Saturday. Dude, that That doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound good. That is so cool. (laughs) Oh my god, that makes me so happy. Hollywood um, Brown dude, with David question, Blau and obviously Cooks, yeah, Cooks. you think Brandon Cooks, right? Yeah. Brandon Cooks for sure. But but what, what about we, David Blau a, throwing a, bombs to Quintez Cephas? Do we, do we remember that? Or is that just uh, me? That's No, that's just niche Sean memory stuff. What, okay, here's a, here's a question while we're at the end of streamers before you get into defenses. Where do you think of Jahan Dotson this week? I'm staring at Jahan Dotson, thinking of him scoring four weeks in a row. What is it? Four or three, three weeks in a row. I've got a Mike Williams in my flex right now, and I've got a Dotson on my bench. Mike Williams. Do I go Mike Williams with the hot hand? Where do, you, where do you put Dotson this week, though, with like Wentz right, quarterback? Like literally right in the Marquise Brown, Brandon Cooks tier. Like he's immediately right there. No way. He's got to be yes. way above that. No way. Come on. He's the dude. Touchdown in three straight games, 235 yeah, yards in three games, mean, and 15 receptions. He's what the wide receiver mean? six in points per game since week 13. Which, but again, that's that's driven by touchdowns. What do we know about touchdowns? Yeah, he's got you're gonna you're gonna regress. We the name of the podcast is literally regression to the mean. You're going to regress to the mean. You're which low is on scoring. Dotson. I'm, I love Dotson. If you look at if you follow I'm our Twitter account. If you follow our Twitter account, you just see me gush over Jahan Dotson. He will be a priority ad for me next season in drafts. And I like Dotson this week against the Browns secondary. 
But come on, touchdowns are hard to predict, and his production is buoyed by touchdowns. He played like 10 NFL games, and he has like eight touchdowns. Damn, you are so funny. I, I just looked at Thorman's rankings just as a quick reference. Guess who he has at 32? Marquise who? Brown. Okay. <laughs> 33, Jahan Dotson. <laughs> 34, Brandon Cooks. <laughs> Literally right there, just a sandwich of these three. I might have seen that before the podcast. Yeah. I might have. Seen I was about it. to say that was a little too on par. I I, I uh, might have seen it, but I I agree with his, where he's coming from. I don't know if I have Marquise Brown there though. I'm so, I'm gonna struggle with that one. That is that is one I'm gonna let marinate over over the rest of the week. Um, that game is gonna suck though. I already have Algier going in that game, and I don't know if I need to play Marquise Brown in that one. I don't. If you have your thoughts, tweet at us, RTM Fantasy. I think I'm leaning Cooks. I think I'm leaning Cooks, even though Dotson's just epic, and they're playing in a game that matters. But still, he's been buoyed by a lot of touchdowns. So if he gets like six, seven targets, and you know he scores like twelve points because he has like six catches, sixty yards, that's really encouraging. I'd love to see one of those performances. Before we see like another touchdown game, because that's what's vaulting him into wide receiver six. It's the touchdowns. That's fair. All, All right, right, before we get out of here, Sean. Defenses. My number one stream of the week: New York Giants defense against the. Uh, oh, what was that? Into the, the Indianapolis Jeff Saturdays. <laughs> uh, Nick Foles is the worst quarterback I've seen play this season in a season in which Brandon Allen has played quarterback and Josh Dobbs has played quarterback. Nick Foles. They're just they're just tanking, dude. Nick Foles, Zach three exceptions and seven sacks on like thirty six dropbacks last week. He was atrocious. Look, the Chargers defense is playing really well. I like the Chargers defense. They're actually my next recommendation against the Rams. I do not believe in Baker Mayfield and Cam Makers. I think the Chargers defense should handle business against the Rams. But he, the Chargers defense scores twenty points last week, so maybe the Giants are half of that. They still score 10, 11. Like no, that's, on that's the best play of the week. Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, I think the best play of the week is probably the Chiefs against the Broncos. We'll see, though. Yeah, but people were we'll holding see. on the Chiefs, I exactly. think. Like, exactly. Like, Giants is somebody that you – it was it was you, you rat, who picked up the Giants defense in a league that you're not even playing for money. The guy, Sean, goes up and scoops up waiver wires, and he's playing for third place in this league. And our, it's our home league. And you don't get money back. Like, there's no winnings that get distributed to third place. And he picks up Evan Ingram in the New York Giants defense so he can play a game in which him and my buddy Shane have a side bet on. Look, I, I thought third that's place. A rat move. I thought third place was playing for their money back. Like, genuinely, I was under that. I was under that assumption. Evan Ingram, we play in a keeper league. He's going to be somebody I want to take a look at. He might be somebody I keep next season. So. That's a no-brainer to go pick up. And also because you dropped him, you idiot. And it already bit me in the ass because I benched him for Dalton. I benched Dalton Schultz for him this week. And Schultz scores 25 fantasy points. Where was that, Dalton? Where was that last week? Literally. I literally beat Keegan's fucking... Oh, my God. Okay. Um, <laughs> I should be playing in this championship. Oh, my God. I'm, it's happening. It's happening again. Okay. Um <laughs> And then the defense, so yeah, Chargers dude, defense. Chargers defense. I, again, Giants defense, it's supposed to be windy. They're playing outdoors. The total's 38 and a half. I can give you the whole spiel, but they're playing Nick Foles. You're just going to have to play him. I see no world in which Brian Dable doesn't have this team ready to go. Like the Chargers defense, we mentioned this last week. 
They've played really well against good offenses, and now they're going to take on Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield played really well last week. Hell of a story, but he played a team that just straight up gave up. Chargers are not going to be giving up. If the Chargers are able to continue winning, it's the difference between playing the Jacksonville Jaguars or Tennessee Titans or playing the Cincinnati Bengals in the first round of the playoffs. It's a big difference. They're going to be highly motivated to keep winning. Another defense that I'm excited to play this week, Washington Commanders. Deshaun Watson. He's kind of going under the radar as one of the worst QB contracts of all time because Russell Wilson already is playing this season and got the contract. Watson has looked awful. Not good. Terrible. Bad. I'm going to play the commander's defense in that front seven against a Brown's offense that is putrid. Even if they might give up some points here or there to Amari Cooper, this is a very good rush defense. Chase Young is fully healthy off the injury report. I like the commander's defense this week. Last but not least, I like the Jaguars defense. Even though I'm talking about streaming Brandon Cooks, you know, Jacksonville has been pretty opportunistic. They've been getting interceptions. They've been scoring touchdowns. They've been able to get after the quarterback. Houston's defense is the strength of their team. Their offense sucks. I think the Jaguars can easily score 8 to 12 fantasy points this week. Houston's not really playing with much. It's in their best interest to lose. I like their defense. Any other streamers before we get out of here? No, no. I uh, I kind of like all of these matchups. Um, yeah, I mean... I just hope you and I walk away with at least one ship each this year, Sean. It's looking pretty good. It's been a good season. It's looking pretty good. I, I'm. I think I'll. I think I'm going to take home the fantasy crown in one league. I'm going to take home a couple best ball leagues. Going to be a top three finisher in others. It, it was a successful season. You'd love to see more championship opportunities, but what are you going to do? It's, it's kind of luck. I don't. I don't know. It's, it's a fun game we play. You just have to play in more leagues next year. You just have to play more leagues next year. You're going to oh, increase we're, your we're, odds. We're going to start the regression of the mean league. Don't worry about it. If you're in, DM us. We'd love to have you. Uh, no kickers. That's the first rule. No no kickers yes. in the RTM league. <laughs> um, I can't wait till we talk about lineup suggestions. Oh, my God. So, but this is the last start sit Friday episode. This has been a hell of a run, Keegan. Been a hell of a run, man. If you've stayed with us, if you are here to the 58th minute of this episode, um, in our week 17, you are a real one. We appreciate you for for giving love to this podcast, being with us all year. Hopefully, you're winning some championships. It's been a hell of a ride. So we we appreciate all the support. RTM would not be anything without you, our listeners. Keegan, you got anything to say before we get out of here? Just what a blast it's been this year, Sean. It's been an absolute treat just to talk ball with you twice a week, 17 weeks. I'm going to miss it. We're going to go so it's ham. It's been fun. We're going to grow so ham next year. We're going to grow so much. So it's going to be a blast. We're going we're gonna to win you even more fantasy leagues next year. It's going to be a, it's gonna be a good time. I think we'll probably record next week, just a quick recap, and then we're going to be back with gambling throughout the playoffs talking all things bets. Yep. I think that makes sense. And we'll go from there and we'll get our off-season content going. Uh, until next time, everybody. Deuces? I don't know. Fuck it. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Edit it. <laughs> See you on the flippity flip. See you on chicken, the flippity chicken, flip. Chicken, chicken, whopper. 